Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Samantha Verviti, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mike Triplett, longtime Saints beat reporter who you can follow on Twitter at Mike Triplett. Mike, huge game tonight in a big NFC South <laughs> showdown. That This division is wide open. Uh, just tell us anything that we need to know about this game. Yeah, huge because of math and the sad, sad NFC South <laughs> that uh, uh, one of these teams with a losing record uh, uh, will have a better chance of winning the division. Well, I take it back. Tampa Bay can can put real distance uh, by getting to 500. Uh, uh, but if the uh, – if the Saints, uh, if the Saints beat them, it is wide open for just about every team uh, to be the this year's probably team with a losing record that hosts the Dallas Cowboys in round one of the playoffs. <laughs> oh my goodness, so much fun! And you know, for so long it was just like we were making fun of the NFC East, which is now awesome. And I feel like it was a few years ago, maybe like twenty. 14 ish that like the Panthers squeaked into the playoffs with a with a pretty bad record so uh it's been a while since the the NFC South was like the total laughing stock I feel like of the NFL but uh uh yeah I mean I guess I'm I'm rooting for you guys passively but I, I don't I don't even know like at this point what I'm supposed to root for in this season speaking of my Carolina Panthers uh big news today Baker Mayfield has been released I hear it was mutual and uh Cleveland. Uh, it has some draft pick implications as well for Cleveland. Um, the logical sort of landing spot, at least what everyone seems to be pitching uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo breaking his foot is potentially a 49ers, but I don't know how that makes them better. I'm not sure that Baker Mayfield is an upgrade from Brock Purdy. Uh, any thoughts on Baker Mayfield leaving the Panthers? Yeah. I mean, that's the only way he becomes fantasy relevant is, is if he lands in San Francisco with a starting job on a good team. Uh, but I, you know, some, some, I feel like the reports have been kind of mixed that I've been trying to follow today that some have said, of course they'll consider it. And some have poo-pooed it a little bit, but I, I don't know that that would make me want to add Baker Mayfield. And I don't know that it would make me feel any better about, you know, 
Brendan Ayuk or anybody else. I mean, the, the, the one thing I think either way is, is we might talk about Jordan Mason in the, in the mm-hmm. running backs to pick up. I mean, they're probably going to lean even more heavily on the run game. So Christian McCaffrey, who is already rostered in every single league uh, becomes an even better investment probably. And, uh, and maybe Jordan Mason has some relevance if, if, if they decide they have to be a run heavy team, but on the flip side, you could say they're not going to be, playing with big leads as they might've been with a better quarterback. So, you know, it, it'll play out, but I, I'm not sure there's anything real actionable to do with any of this news. Definitely. Uh, I think it, I mean, I think it should hurt their, their odds in terms of, you know, uh, playoffs and everything like that. But I, they did pick up the win against a decent Dolphins team. The Tua was obviously banged up in that game as well. So it was just a brutal week for injuries. We will touch on that in a second. But speaking of the Browns, we did get to see the long-awaited debut of Deshaun Watson for the Cleveland Browns against the Texans in a revenge game. He did look pretty rusty to me. Uh, it, 12 of, uh, I think 22 for 131 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception finished as the QB 28. Uh, did you watch much of that game? No, uh, I was watching the more compelling games that yeah. were going on, except for they kept breaking in with highlights of, uh, of every, uh, defensive touchdown, uh, that, uh, that the Browns scored or special teams touchdown. That's how Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, uh, got himself, on the board since the quarterback wasn't throwing it to him uh, well enough. I would say this, I mean, look, obviously Deshaun Watson's going to have better days. So mm-hmm. if you decided to pick him up, you don't immediately drop him and think this is what he's going to look like for the rest of the year. But I think we should slam the brakes a little on any investments we talked about making in, in Cleveland Browns players like Donovan Peoples Jones or David Njoku, or certainly anyone who picked up Harrison Bryant as an Njoku replacement. Uh, this week that oh now that they're switching from Jacoby to Brissett to Deshaun Watson all of a sudden these pass catchers in Cleveland are going to have way more value Um, I think it's kind of hard to say that right now definitely and it was kind of weird that him coming back kind of reignited their defense which has been pretty brutal all season so just a kind of strange game I mean they, they won't get to play the Houston Texans every week. So I don't expect huge games from the Cleveland DST moving forward. But well, that is a reminder. This was my tip at the end of last week's, you know, I say a lot of wrong things on this show. So I'm going <laughs> to highlight the right thing I said. I said, look ahead to your playoff schedule, fill those bench spots with defenses playing against uh, Houston in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, I should have also added and hurry up and go get Cleveland if you still can this week. <laughs> definitely. They were uh, definitely an interesting fantasy play this week. Uh, more quarterback bad news for the Rams. Uh, their Super Bowl hangover just keeps getting worse. Matthew Stafford is presumably out for the remainder of the year with a spinal cord contusion. John Walford will continue to start for the Rams. I mean, even if he gets healthier, I don't see any incentive for the Rams to really roll him out there. Um, this this whole Rams team is just a kind of a disaster, and we will definitely get to the running back situation yeah. there. Um, but let's just turn our attention to the injuries because there were just so list. many of them. I already mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season with a broken foot. Lamar Jackson has a knee sprain and it sounds like 
that they were a little bit more optimistic right after the game. Uh, John Harbaugh was saying it was like days to weeks and now he's week to week and kind of unlikely to start next week, which is not that surprising. Um, they also signed Brett Hundley to the practice squad. So um, certainly feels like they, they're just kind of adding depth for insurance there. I mentioned Tua had that ankle thing, not serious. Apparently he was cleared to go back into play. So um, hopefully he will be ready for week 14 for fantasy managers that want to stream want to play him against the Chargers um for running backs we had Kenneth Walker probably the biggest injury he has a jammed ankle not a sprained ankle and I'm hearing that that is less serious than an ankle sprain <laughs> so uh potentially I, I mean I haven't heard a, a you know a, a timeline quite yet but hopefully that means that he would at least be back maybe in a, in a week or two or something like that um, Jalen Waddell left the game. He came back to the game. There were a couple of those situations. Traylon Burks got put in the concussion protocol. Um, any of these uh, injuries either stand out or anything that you want to add to these? Yeah, it's all bad news this week. That's what stands out. I mean, you know, the only silver lining if you're that type of person when you see an injury list this long is that usually we follow by having, you know, a lot of really compelling waiver pickups. And I, I really feel like that's not happening in this situation. I, Tyler Huntley is definitely valuable in de certainly in two quarterback and super flex leagues, if not, you know, even a 12 team league, because he uses his legs so much. Um, I, I know we'll go over the quarterbacks more in depth, but I believe yesterday was the fifth time dating back to last year that he had at least 40 rushing yards. So you know what you're going to get from him and you're going to get at least that floor production. If not more, he had at least one really big game last year, but um, you know, if Kenneth Walker, who by the way, has been carrying me and my, <laughs> my best, uh, my best teams, he's been lifting me, you know, you don't just go pick up Kenneth Walker's backup. And even if you figured, okay, it's going to be DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. Well, those two guys are both hurt too. So, you know, you don't, you don't like the split that they'll probably have and you don't like their injury status. So, so that doesn't help very much. Um, you know, obviously if Aaron Jones misses time, then everybody's already got um, his backup probably in almost every league you're in um, <laughs> the Titans receivers don't do anything when, right. <laughs> when Traylon Burks is not on the field. So I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of uh, silver lines. It's, it's just, you know, Lamar Jackson to a Kenneth Walker. Uh, you better hope that they're back in time for the fantasy playoffs. Cause I I'm sure those are, are guys who are on a lot of teams that are making the playoffs because of how well they've been playing. Definitely. And, you know, watching these Tennessee Titans, I keep thinking to myself, it must, they, they just need an AJ Brown type. Must be nice. To have, you know, <laughs> they should make a big trade this offseason. Right. Exactly. If only they can make a trade for someone like that. Um, but yeah, their passing game has been pretty brutal. And honestly, their run game was shut down in, the, in this week. So it was just uh, not a great offensive showing by those Tennessee Titans. Um, and to make matters worse, we had a terrible week for injuries. And now we've got. By NATO 2.0 to oh, finish no. out the fantasy regular season for most people. So we've got the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders all on by in week 14. So you're going to need to find replacements for guys like Cordero Patterson, David Montgomery, Justin Fields, if you've been starting him, Cole Komet, Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson, who's been uh, pretty good of late, Alan Lazard. So, I mean, Aaron Jones at least gets the bye week um, to, to maybe recover there. Uh, but Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, the list goes on. Uh, obviously, all your Saints guys. And, and uh, there's a number of guys from the commanders that have actually been looking good. Taylor Heineke had a decent game, and so did Terry McLaurin. So it's going to look 
pretty scary, I think, out there setting lineups. So let's just jump into the quarterbacks. Uh, my best one that I have here is going to be Jared Goff, and he is just right at that 50% threshold. I think he's as perfect as Jared Goff could have been this week in the um, in putting up 40 points against the Jaguars, capitalized on this juicy matchup completing 31 of 41 for 340 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he's the QB four heading into Monday night. He will finish as a top eight quarterback for the third time this season. Um, not super compelling stats there, but uh, you know, I think he could repeat that success with the Vikings on deck though. The Vikings defense didn't look half bad last week. They do rank 24th in pass DBOA. So um, he's someone that I would be looking at. And then Tyler Huntley, definitely. If, if it looks like Lamar Jackson is going to miss time and it seems like he could be trending that way. Uh, Huntley is the QB 14 with one game left to play, which is impressive given that he only played three quarters of football. And it was against a top-notch Denver defense. That's been just absolutely um, a nightmare for wide receivers. So um, he would uh, I mean, he's widely available. He's only 1% roster at this point. So I think that he would be a, a really good uh, add if you are lean at quarterback or have one of those guys on by any, any other guys that you want to add or expand on. Yeah. Holly's my favorite. If I'm just trying to get through the bye week even though I don't know if we can, I don't, I don't know if we can call this by NATO uh, part two, because they somehow have picked like the six least fantasy relevant teams. Fair, and fair, but all it... go on a bye week at once. It's amazing. It's like, Oh, wait, I don't know if I even start anybody from any of these. I know, because like earlier in the season, they, you know, like there was two teams on buyers and like that. It was like the Chiefs and Chargers. And I was like, oh, my God, it's just two teams. And there's so many players. And then now it's six teams. And you're like, Marcus Mariota, is anyone going to miss him? Yeah, but I'm trying to think if any start, does anybody even need a starting quarterback out of this bunch? I guess if Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback, you're, you're well, Justin Fields, of course, but deeper leagues, um, you know, too. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know, two quarterback leagues, whatever. Uh, but Tyler Huntley, I mean, if this is not a long term thing, and, um, you know, and frankly, Lamar Jackson could miss two or three weeks. He could be talking about the playoffs. He really does intrigue me. I shortchanged him. I was looking at my notes. It's six straight games now where he's had at least six in a row dating back to last year when he played five games, uh, either starting or playing substantial time because, because Lamar Jackson was out that he had 40 yards rushing. At least he had over 70 yards rushing in a couple of them. So, um, you know, he's not perfect. And I don't know that it's going to be great for, for Mark Andrews or any of the receivers there, but, uh, but I, I'd probably rather pick him up than, than anyone else here um, on this list. Uh, Purdy, that is only for the, you know, I need any quarterback I get my hands on because we I don't even know if body. he'll hold on to that job <laughs> against uh, 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 Baker Mayfield by the end of the week. I do actually <laughs> like, um, I do like Heineke a little bit, not this week, obviously, since he's mm -hmm. on a bye, but I thought he had a real nice strong performance and Ron Rivera came out and not that anyone really thought uh, that wasn't going to be long-term. He made it clear that Carson Wentz is going to remain the backup there. Same thing in, in New York, Mike White got the vote of confidence, not surprising after, after he tried to rally them back yesterday that he's going to remain the starter in New York. And then um, um, the only other one is if we are talking about like real speculative leagues, I don't know if this even qualifies in keeper leagues, but uh, there is not a vote of confidence in Atlanta uh, for Marcus Mariota, um, where it sounds like they opened the door for Desmond Ritter potentially mm -hmm. taking over after the bye. So um, if you're in the kind of league where every quarterback has value, it might be time to beat everyone to Desmond Ritter. Yes, uh, I, I think anything would be preferable than Marcus Mariota at this point. Like, why not give 
the kid a try. And I, I mean, I, I liked him coming out of college. I thought he was a really exciting prospect. So I'd like, I think it would be interesting to see him though. I don't know. This whole division is just so wide open. <laughs> <laughs> like anything could happen at this point. They're not like really in tank mode, but in terms of Huntley, uh, they do face the Steelers this week who have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So uh, all good things to say about Tyler Huntley. If you need a quarterback, on to running backs. Uh, for once, I actually think there are a few guys. Uh, it's a little, it's actually a little deeper than the wide receiver position, which is surprising to me. So I'm going to yeah. start off with uh, James Cook, who played on Thursday night. He's 24% rostered, had the best game of his, albeit short career. Uh, he rushed 14 times for 64 yards, caught six passes for 41 yards. Devin Singletary, you know, had a decent game because he found the end zone, but he's not really involved in the passing game at all. And James Cook is just an interesting guy, uh, sort of ad because he was a second round pick. Yeah. So um, I think that this could be turning into a 1A, 1B type situation. And this pass catching, I mean, if that is any indication, you know, moving forward, this could, he could actually have some kind of standalone value. I mean, not the best uh, matchup next week against the Jets, but not a terrible one either. Uh, I alluded to the Rams, very frustrating backfield situation, Cam Akers uh you know just when we are all 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 on the Kyron Williams train of course (laughs) Kyron Williams goes out for three carries nine yards and then Akers logs 17 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns currently the RB7 in half PPR uh he did out snap uh Kyron Williams by a count of 46 to 18 so I I mean this is just it's it's always confusing without Daryl Henderson on the field it just feels like it's it's up for grabs, but no one like the RB one position is up for grabs, but no one actually can get it. But I will say they do have a very nice two game stretch coming up against the Raiders and Packers, which are both just terrible against the run. So um, that could give acres an opportunity, but I, I feel I, I can't, it's like fantasy malpractice. If I just tell you to go out and pick up Cam acres because like fool me once. Right. And then the last name that I'll mention is Zonovan Knight. We talked about him at length last week. So he went, you know, all the way up to 47% rostered currently the RB 13 and half PPR. And this was his first kind of opportunity to show that he could be a quote unquote workhorse back for the jets with, you know, their whole backfield sort of banged up. It's not a great uh, matchup next week against the bills, but I just do like this Mike white jets jets team right now. It's uh, it, okay, it's, it's just so refreshing to see someone other than Zach Wilson. Any thoughts on those three guys well, or anyone else? It- Speaking of what you said, I think the number one thing we talked about with Mike White instead of Zach Wilson last year was that he actually throws to the running backs and Zonovan Knight caught five passes this year, which wasn't even something we thought he'd bring to the table. And maybe he won't. You can't necessarily count on that with Ty Johnson there. And Michael Carter could be back soon. So I don't know how great of an investment he is, but it's clear that they really like the guy and and the way the reporters are talking about um, like the yards, he, you know, yards, he got beyond expected yards, all the next gen stats, the way uh, uh, the coaching staff has talked about him. It's clear. They think they have something there. So they're going to continue to work his way in. He just might have to share a little when Michael Carter comes back the Rams. Oh my gosh. I, part of my mistake in thinking, okay, Kyron Williams is the guy is the Rams are clearly in let's evaluate what we've got for next season mode. They've openly talked about that. And Sean McVay has openly talked about how much he likes Kyron Williams, but I guess technically they need to evaluate what they've got in cam acres for next season. Uh, because, um, you know, they, they almost tried to trade, they 
you know, he wasn't playing for them. He was sitting out. We thought for sure they were going to trade him. I guess, I guess now they're going to evaluate whether they're going to even keep him on the team next year. So yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, that, that, that was a Kyron Williams's expense, but I, I don't know if you want, I don't know if you want to invest in any part of the Rams office, but certainly not when you don't know which running back it's going to be from week to week, James Cook, I thought Naheem Hines was going to take touches away from him. It's been the opposite. It makes me think they only traded for Naheem Hines to like light a fire under James Cook or something that obviously hasn't hurt his touches. Uh, I mentioned, I, I don't know what you do in Seattle. I, yeah. I tend to want to think Travis Homer is almost, even though DJ Dallas came back and finished that game, he's dealing with an ankle injury. I, I almost feel like Travis Homer might be the safer bet to come back this week. And he would be the one who would be involved in pass catching. So maybe he'd come a little cheaper and maybe he's the guy, but um, they're, they're going to split time, even if they are healthy. So I don't feel great about that. Um, Jordan Mason, I did mention, I mean, we do know Elijah Mitchell's not coming back and we do know that, you know, even when they have had Christian McCaffrey, they like to use another running back because um, Christian McCaffrey so heavily involved in the passing game. So he had eight carries for 51 yards in this game. Um, so there's opportunity there, even alongside Christian McCaffrey. He's not a bad pickup. Um, and then the last one I just wanted to mention on this list, because I've been talking for the last two or three weeks now about how it's good to get like the clear uh, backup for, 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 you know, the, the stud running backs out there, since you have the bench spots to work with now, it looks like maybe Joshua Kelly emerged as that for the Los Angeles chargers behind Austin Eckler. That's been a little bit of a hodgepodge all season, but if it looks like Kelly is definitely the guy who would become RB one, if they give him this kind of workload again next week, he, he might be added to that, you know, the Alexander Madison honorary list of, <laughs> of guys to pick up, uh, uh, as late season lottery tickets. Yeah, maybe even a Kenneth Gainwell, who's 14% rostered, could be interesting there. He had a an okay game as well. In terms of the Seahawks, I I I'm kind of at a loss for to tell people what to do yeah. here because I just don't know who will be healthy. I'm going to operate under the assumption that Kenneth Walker is not available for week 14, but if Travis Homer is healthy, I mean, he was dealing with an illness as well, didn't travel with the team. So I think that if it, if it was just the illness, then maybe he could be, he could be the, the, the week 14 kind of savior potentially. And the thing is, is that we, we're not investing in these, unless you're playing dynasty, right. It's now like, but it's also now so late in the season that this may be your last week. So it's not like we didn't, we necessarily need someone for, you know, long term we maybe just need someone for one week especially with six teams on bye now on to sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fantasy league on there i use it for mine it is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry and now you could win on sleeper by playing their new over under game it's super simple First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with over-under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. 
It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. In terms of the wide receivers, I did mention that I don't like this group too, too much. I mean, Alec Pierce is on bye next week, but I he did have a nice game in the Colts, like absolute meltdown against the Cowboys. What a way to lose a game. Um, led the team in all receiving categories, likely because he wasn't drawing number one coverage, but uh, caught four of eight targets for 86 yards and a t- and a touchdown. He's the wide receiver 14 and half PPR heading into Monday night. I, I did really like this guy coming out of uh, Cincinnati ran a four, four, one um, in the 40, six foot three to 211 pounds. So he's a, he's a big bodied type guy, but can also uh, definitely beat you on in terms of speed. So with that Colts pass happy offense, I know we've talked about that a lot. He could definitely be someone that could emerge as like a late season type breakout, but again, he's going to buy this week. So you can't just like assume that you can plug and play him uh, in terms of the lions. Jameson Williams did make his debut. Uh, it was, I mean, I didn't expect much of him. So he, he did, uh, he was targeted once and did not catch that pass. So a big old bagel there, but I'm not, I'm not that surprised. Uh, I like him long-term, but it may not be this year type of thing. DJ Chark did actually have a nice game. He caught five of six targets for 98 yards. Um, Amon Ross and Brown though, totally stole the show. Uh, just an absolutely yeah. massive game for him. So, um, I guess you could pick up one of those guys if, if you really need, uh, like Chark would be more of like a this week fill in versus uh, Williams is more of like a maybe speculative ad if you know you're going to the playoffs and don't need a week 14 type guy. Um, the rest of the pickings are pretty light. I would say Dotson uh, had a nice game. Nico Collins is maybe the only pass catcher on the Texans that is remotely interesting. Robert Woods could have a larger role if uh, Traylon Burks misses time, though he has been thoroughly unimpressive. And Trent Sherfield made it on this list only because of Jalen Waddell. He did have a one catch for 75 yards at a touchdown in that game, though. If we were doing an all thoroughly unimpressive team, I think Robert Woods might be a starting receiver this year like definitely like I don't I don't know that he got drafted quite high enough to be like on the all fantasy bus team even though he could make a good second team case I he was a decent investment but but certainly the all thoroughly unimpressive team it's unbelievable that it just never came together for him he might be right there side by side with the guy that replaced him Allen Robinson uh with the Rams but uh um, yeah, the problem is you, so you, the, the list says DJ Chark and Jamison Williams together. And that's the problem. I think I'd be most excited about DJ Chark or Jamison Williams if they didn't exist side by side. And, and look, they were clearly easing Jamison Williams in. It wasn't necessarily that he, he played poorly and couldn't get open. And that's why I only had one target. I mean, it was definitely a, a clear, you know, snap count limitation thing. So I think that will go up. Um, so I would be, I, I was always kind of intrigued at DJ Chark in this offense, but now he has his best game in the same week when Jameis Williamson finally shows up. Why wasn't he doing it earlier in the season? I know he was dealing with injury. Nico Collins, this is just crazy. 
10 targets in this game, three catches. So <laughs> I did, I will admit I did not watch this. Well, we already talked. That's the same game. I said, I wasn't watching that close because it was yep. Cleveland, but um, uh, so maybe a lot of those are throwaways or something like that. I, and you know, that are called targets, but 10 targets you like three catches. You don't like um, Michael Gallup. I don't know if he moved out of the top 50% slightly outside, but yeah, definitely um, worth talking about because I think he could be available in a number of leagues right now. Yeah. But the weird thing is he, so he has two touchdown catches, but he actually, I think his kind of like snap count and his involvement actually went a little down compared to Noah Brown. So uh, I, you know, I like Michael Gallup just in general compared to the guys on this list um, as someone we talked about uh, in, in sort of that Zay Jones class of just like a steady veteran who gets kind of those five catches every week. But I also don't want to read too much into the two touchdowns like, oh, they've, they've unlocked something. Um, I don't know that that'll be continuous. Here's the one, though, that I do like on this list is, is Jahan Dotson, um, because I've believed in sort of the talent. I, I think I invested him and a lot of teams early this season when he started to have a little bit of a mini breakout. And then he just kind of quietly I dealt with a little injury and he just never quite got back into the mix. But Curtis Samuel's not really a factor anymore. I, I thought he had hit one of his best games. They talked about him so highly afterward. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, a rookie receiver, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer issue there. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little bit of a late season breakout. And I think he's going to get the opportunity. I mean, obviously the commanders, like him if you put any stock in sort of draft capital I mean he went yeah. in the mid first round so in a, in a wide receiver class that was very very talent heavy so he did catch five of nine for 54 yards and a touchdown currently the wide receiver 18 and uh you know to your point he's been banged up for a lot of this season but in eight games that he has played he has scored double digit fantasy points and finished as a top 24 receiver four times so he's he's definitely had his moments they do have a bye this week just throwing that out there um and speaking of kind of ugly, unimpressive <laughs> things, uh, the tight end position was worse, more rancid than I think I've seen it be in a long time. So this is how bad it was. Noah Fant, who caught four of five targets for 42 yards and a touchdown, is currently the tight end one in half PPR heading into Monday night. That is 12.2 half PPR fantasy points. That is just absolutely terrible. That's because Taysom Hill hasn't played yet. That's, we need to get David in on this. We have we we have we have uh, the the Taylor the Taysom Hill whisper. So yeah. I, I I look forward to finding out when we're done taping if this if this is the breakout night. I don't actually love Taysom Hill against Tampa Bay's run defense, and they're supposed to get both of their uh, defensive tackles back from injury uh, tonight. But uh, hey, there's an opening at this position. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, it's like either you drafted. Travis Kelsey, and even he wasn't that good this week, yeah. or it's Russian roulette every single week. It's just a different guy all the time. I mean, no offense, at least of these people that, you know, we're, we're kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel for, at least he does sort of like have a pedigree. He's kind of been a victim of poor quarterback play for a while, but um, uh, this was just a massive game for all the Seattle pass catchers. Tyler Lockett yeah. and DK Metcalf both had huge games that, you know, over. 250 yards combined for both of them so just an absolutely massive game they play the Panthers next week though so I mean that's interesting the Panthers defense isn't isn't anything to write home about so certainly could be another Noah Fant game but again it's Russian roulette uh another guy Greg Dulcich uh he's he's been a frequent flyer on this podcast but he was quiet for three weeks after the Broncos week nine by he tallied 
in those three weeks, seven catches for 52 yards and zero touchdowns. Did bounce back nicely this week in week 13 against Baltimore, caught six of eight for 85 yards. So he's currently the tight end three and half PPR with one game left to play. I think he will be a fringe tight end one next week with six teams on by against the Chiefs, whose defense ranks 26th in pass DVOA. Any other names that you would like to add? Well, I, yeah, I was going to say I kind of like Noah Fant. The thing I like about him is is he's not as much of a one week he's here, one week he's gone as some of the other tight ends. He's kind of consistently been a steady, just below the line producer for them. Like he's not going to win you any weeks, but he feels like a guy who's not going to put up a zero, especially if they don't have much of a running game to lean on. So I do kind of like him. Dulcich, I would be all over. I mean, I I, I think Dulcich could have had the the Cole Komet season if he was just playing for an offense that that produced anything but it is very clear that he is a valuable part of this offense and I guess if Cortland Sutton is hurt maybe maybe that helps more but you're talking about a team that like scores nine points every week but what's the best he can do in that offense so I don't know um we're not going to see Jawan Johnson tonight he's he's out um so we won't be able to decide if if he's a guy who can earn a little higher place on this list. Maybe though Kate Otten could. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess you watch that to see if he earns his way onto this list. But as usual, we, we need to change the order because we're always ending this thing on such a low point when we end with the tight end pickups. So terrible. There have been some weeks randomly <laughs> where the tight ends have actually been not terrible. Like the week that I feel like Kate Otten broke out, there were a couple guys that were that were were decent. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just pretty lean right now. Uh, other guys, if you're in a super deep situation or if you're in, in a uh, sort of dynasty situation or keeper situation, I would keep my eye on Trey McBride uh, of the Cardinals. Zach Ertz still out, obviously. And then uh, the Colts tight end situation, gotta say, very frustrating for fantasy, but Mo Cox did drop that pass. And, and I think uh, he's not one of the more talented ones on that three-man tight end platoon. I have loved Jelani Woods since the draft. So he is someone that I would definitely be uh, all about if I were in a keeper or dynasty sort of situation. Kylan Granson also was involved in that game. Um, But yeah, it's it's not that exciting. So hopefully you have a better tight end than some of these guys that we are mentioning. Um, So I guess that will do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Flex. Mike, thank you so much for your time. And please remind everyone where they can find your work. Yep. Um, I uh, work for New Orleans.Football, a subscription site that uh, really is for the diehard Saints fan. uh, And I think the best coverage you're going to get of this team. If you're interested in them, you can also uh, find my work uh, on Twitter at Mike Triplett. It's so funny because there's uh, Breckenridge. I mean, you would think, I guess, is is more of a Broncos country sort of sure. thing. But one of the bars in Breckenridge, it's called Kenosha. Uh, they have uh, this bingo thing if, for like any time the Saints play on like an island game. So it must be it's like the owner of the bar is just a big Saints fan. So they're going <laughs> to have bingo tonight. And I am going to be like an old person playing bingo. Nice. It's fun. It's like, it's like, uh, it, Things like, uh, I don't know, offensive pass interference, coaches challenge, 
helmet lettuce, weird things. If they, if a gambling commercial comes on or Tom Brady reference, like things like that. And it's, and it's pretty fun and you, you, you get to win things like more alcohol. So, well, I'll give you, if, if you can pick your card, the saints lead the NFL in false starts this year, Ooh, they lead yeah. the NFL in lost fumbles this year and they're last in the NFL in interceptions. <laughs> so try to plan accordingly when you grab your card. Those are some random factors. <laughs> Thank you so much for the bingo game theory, Mike. Um, and thank you to everyone for joining. Don't forget to email those mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com and we will see you all next week. Peace out.